The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret recurring subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com slash bonus and use the promo code MANHORE. I want to thank Tushy for sponsoring The Man Whore Podcast. Get 10% off your own easy-to-install bidet attachment and leave the toilet feeling fresh and clean. Visit hellotushy.com and use promo code MANHORE. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Manhor Podcast. Shout out to the brother fuckers, mother lovers, and daddy's daughters. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Was that one a little uncomfortable for you? Eh, it will make more sense later on in the episode. What's up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome to my show, where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. Uh, however, this week's special guest is not one of my former flames. No, I've got on fellow stand-up comedian and podcaster Janet Hyde, and I am so excited to share her with y'all in a bit. But first, show dates, people. Show dates. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's up to everyone who came and hung out at the Chicago little fan meetup? We had a, a few of y'all came through, hung out a bit, watched some football. Uh, that was a grand old time. Thanks for <laughs> uh, keeping me company in Chi-Town. But uh, Los Angeles, listen up. November 4th, I'm going to be doing a live man whore podcast at the Dojo of Comedy in Hollywood. That's a uh, venue that's above the Sycamore Tavern. For information for tickets, go to manwhorepod.com slash tickets. Uh, keep November 4th open Get your tickets ASAP. Okay, make let me feel a little less anxiety. If you know you're going, get your ticket so I feel less anxious about sales. <laughs> um, I'm also interested in doing a listener meetup in LA because I'm going to be there for like 10 days. So if you'd be interested in hanging out with me and some fellow fan whores, shoot me an email, okay? And, uh, and if there's enough interest, I'll put something together. Um, I'm go th let's get to your emails, everyone. Thank you for the feedback regarding last week's desire episode, our voyeur panel, if you will. Uh, that was so much fun to record. It was a lot of work to produce. And so I'm just thrilled that there was a, uh, that people enjoyed it. I'm glad it worked for you. Uh, I did get this email from an Ian. I have recently come across your podcast. I'm a multi-drop delivery driver in Liverpool, UK, so I spend hours in a van driving and listening to a lot of shit repetitive music. I must say, Nikki was a great way to start and love some of the topics you've discussed. I'm married of four years and feel like I'm living vicariously through your stories in single life. I'd love a shout out if that's something you do, even though it may take a good number of months of intense listening to catch up uh, the last four years. I'm currently on episode 12 after only two days, so we will see how long it takes to catch up. I've put some of my friends onto the podcast, which I'm sure it could turn into a pay-it-forward movement for your podcast in my country. 
Uh, Ian, wow. 12 episodes in six days? How are you not sick of me already? Uh, you'll be caught up in no time, dude. But hey, you know, you don't have to live vicariously through me. You mentioned you're married. Is there Are there things that you'd like to be doing that currently don't fall under the purview of your, your marital contract with your wife? I'm assuming wife. Uh, because then you could bring that up to her or him and, and negotiate that and go live out your own fantasies, dude. You don't got to just live them through me. Go achieve one yourself. And if you want to send me an email with your comments, your questions, your booby pictures, you know, whatever, uh, you can send all that over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Know what I haven't talked about in a couple weeks? Hotmovies.com. And I'm excited to uh, chat with them again. They are a proud sponsor of this show, helping make things happen over here. Uh, This is an exciting announcement for Hot Movies. They have now added a trans lesbian category specifically for their trans women films uh, because they seem to be getting more and more popular. I think this is a wonderful, inclusive, and progressive move on the part of a porn site. They've got uh, trans women with other cis women. They have trans women with other trans women. Uh, Really breaking it down because they recognize that... um, Recognizing that there is even more nuance to some of these categories and interests. Uh, so that's great. And that's awesome. And it goes to show the wide variety of porn you could ethically pay for over at hotmovies.com. Uh, what other categories do they have? Um, I will briefly just mention that they have like where the porn takes place. Like, is it in New York City, San Francisco, Chicago, Vegas, Miami? They have New England as a category. I want to know the Patriots fan who is so obsessed with where his porn was shot. He's like, hey, yo, hey, I only watch I only watch the pan that comes from Baston. I only watch Baston, maybe New Hampshire, maybe New Hampshire porn too, but only porn shot in New England. You can go watch any of these categories and more over at hotmovies.com, which recently debuted Misha Cross's directorial debut called Misha in Exile. And you can get 20 free minutes on the house on me when you sign up at hotmovies.com slash bonus and use the promo code manwhore. Hashtag pay for your porn or you know what? Hashtag pay for like some of your porn. And you should go do that at hotmovies.com. Now, uh, before we get to this week's guest, Janet Hyde, uh, I want to tell I want to play a little teaser for y'all. Last week, I put out a $10 bonus episode on Patreon, exclusively on Patreon, uh, where I sat down with the outgoing summer intern, Mia. Uh, Mia is a delight and became like a staple of the show over the course of the summer. You uh you may remember hearing Mia after Manhorcon. She co-hosted an intro with me. But I'm gonna play a little bit of a clip about Mia's relationship with her parents, more specifically her mother. It was uh, like my mom has just been always very open about sex. When I was like ten or eleven, she gave me this book called "What Your Mother Didn't Tell You About Sex," mm-hmm. and it's just like this really thick book, and it has so many things about like not that she wouldn't talk to me about it because she would she would talk to me about anything she just figured like she can just read this book and come to me with questions Mm. um 
it's actually like a really good book. I'm sure it's like outdated unless there's a new edition and everything. But like it had stuff about like having an orgasm when you're a woman and like tons of stuff about like how to like have anal sex in a like in a good way. Yeah. And all that stuff that like. Did you put that to practice? People... <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, but all that stuff that like my mom probably wouldn't have like said to me so like at, when i was 10 they were like here's how you have anal sex and i'm like hmm interesting like flipping through this book so you're you got fairly liberal parents yes yeah yeah for sure and so like was i mean so the, i'm assuming there wasn't a lot of like keeping you away from boys and you couldn't have boyfriends or anything like that um if they're giving you a book that has anal sex on yeah, it yeah you i still can't have boys sleep over really like technically like so i live upstairs and there's a guest room also upstairs so like my parents are like well he can sleep in the guest room but we don't know what happens after we go to sleep and then i that's like just that so kind of shit. fucking annoying yeah. to me because like look take a stand or yeah. let it go <laughs> but don't do this wishy-washy like oh we don't know yeah what's gonna happen and then also my brother my i have an older brother who's ha- been able to have like his girlfriends over since so he was there, in high school. So there's, so there's some, that double standard. Mm-hmm. Like as Have you liberal. That up? Oh, absolutely. I yell about it every single but then time. What's the response? They're like, it's different. Especially my dad. He's like, you're my little girl, and I don't wanna, you know, I don't wanna know. And I'm like, but then, daddy. If, <laughs> daddy. I still call him daddy. That's the problem. Daddy, too. <laughs> like, dudes have fucked my ass. <laughs> That's what you should say next time. Oh, my God. Dudes have fucked my ass. <laughs> Let him cuddle I with me. I think he would cry. Yeah, so you want to hear that <laughs> with a little bit more context? Do you want to hear a little bit more of Mia's uh, voice in your ears? To get access, you got to go to patreon.com slash podcast. Her episode is available only for my $10 and up fan horse. However, you can't splurge $10 a month right away. I get it. Hey, for $5 a month, you'll get access to over 100 bonus episodes, including tomorrow's bonus episode with... This week's guest, Janet Hyde. Again, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. And that seems like a good segue to, to bring up uh, that it's time for the fan whore appreciation moment. hey This is a part of the podcast that I have now moved to the end of the intro, where I like to thank some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Uh, I want to give a shout out to TriSC. Don't really know what that's supposed to that fake name is supposed to stand for or mean, but you're very very engaging on Instagram. Uh, she she is a hot stripping Aussie, so into it. And thank you, honey, for your support. Shout out and a thank you to Emily Pierce. It was a wonderful delight to meet you uh, at Manhorcon this year with your uh, very cool boyfriend. You two were uh, very fun to watch explore. Uh, shout out to Brian Watson, not just a fan whore on Patreon, not just someone who was at Man Whore Con, uh, not just one of my metamores, but also an upcoming guest on the Man Whore podcast. Uh, Brian's actually a, a, a sex researcher. He, he researches porn. So you can actually go follow him on Twitter at History of Porn. And I want to give one last thank you to Audrey B, uh, new to the Champagne Room. And I'm so glad you uh, finally decided to start sharing with us in there. That was a cute Selfie Saturday post you did. So we hope to uh, read and see more of you. 
But now for this week's guest, Janet Hyde. I've uh, I've known Janet for several years, quite some time. Uh, very funny stand-up comedian here in the city. Super, super feminist and super, super fun to watch her go on stage at an open mic right after some unfunny douche nozzle just throws out a bunch of like offensive and unfunny jokes. Uh, a topic that we discuss in, in the beginning of this week's episode. Where, yeah, the first like 10 minutes or so is a lot about stand-up comedy. Where is the line? What can be joked about? Uh, and how we respond to that type of humor before we dive into, you know, the topics of dating and gender and, you know, having sex with your future brother-in-law, stuff like that. If you do dig it, uh, she does a great podcast in her own right called Dude Talks to a Lady which I've actually been on quite recently. I think I was like episode 50. Uh, so you can go check that out. But for now, let's go on over and talk to Janet Hyde. This is actually better for me to talk about this because then I don't feel like I will need to talk about it explicitly in my podcast, which my mom always listens to. I told my mom about I was home for a week. Okay. I don't... Oh. I mean, you could, you're welcome to talk now or you can do it here. <laughs> I didn't know you had started yet. I mean, I hit the thing. You know, I find a fade-in point, one of those annoying things <laughs> sure where it's like five minutes like wait were we recording that with i was like yeah but that's real it's a real uh bait and switch move there right. yeah it's very, I'm, I'm very i'm gonna stop telling that story then i'm very uncomfortable that you phrase this bait and switch i'm like oh that feels a little more uncomfortable why i mean that's just a phrase sure 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 i use that phrase all the time yeah um now but i feel now now I, now it's a little contrived right well you no i'm just not gonna tell that story now <laughs> Have it there. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> you gotta start. I can start. It's okay. Well, I'm. I'll just go ahead and say I'm here with comedian Janet Hyde. Hello, fellow podcaster. There's a show called a uh, Dude Talks to a. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, no, Dude Talks right. to a Lady. I thought I inverse. People, it. yeah, people really trip over the name. We're all very nervous to be wrong in front of that's, you. Oh, that <laughs> that's, you know makes makes me both very happy and a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I, I think that when people are trying to be right, it stifles, stifles conversation and makes people super boring. Right. But I do want to terrify men. It's yeah, like well, a thing that I low key, not low key, <laughs> high key want. And I think I've succeeded. I used to not realize how successful I had become at that. No, you are excellent at <laughs> Thank it because you so much. I have, in the last like year or so, tried to stop caring about being wrong and just owning my opinion. And mm -hmm. it's like, whatever. And yet I showed up to do your show and was like oh no you gotta be right here because uh she's funny and uh informed so because <laughs> a lot of people because right, on the internet there's so many people just want to yell at a thing that was meant to be funny right and they're not funny right and so they're only viewing it in this lens of like oh this person said a thing that's what they think mm -hmm. and uh but i trust when like someone like you or like clemp or someone has to say something i trust it because y'all are also funny well, thank you. I do find that I get myself into trouble, though, even because I have a pretty flippant sense of humor and mm. I like to talk about very serious things in like a very jokey way and say things ironically or sarcastically sure. that people who know me well understand, but I recognize doesn't always play. Yeah. Do you notice that the people who most want to give you advice on like how to do uh, comedy correctly have like never been funny themselves so it's <laughs> I, like why would i take comedy advice from you blogger you've never been funny like 
I've been lucky enough that I haven't gotten a ton of unsolicited comedy advice, mm-hmm. which is maybe just because not many people are aware of my comedy. <laughs> nah, nah, nonsense. Well, well, do you want to tell people what your trap of a show is? Uh, it's not a trap. I which need to make say buttons that say, yeah. So my podcast, Do Talks to a Lady, I have male comics tell a joke about women, and then we discuss the topic, and then I... Uh, grill them on feminism and gender related <laughs> topics and the grilling is meant to be lighthearted but also uh existentially terrifying sure. so but i do always as I, i'm when i'm booking guys on the podcast i always say like it's not a trap it's really like i'm not trying to make anybody look bad mm. that's very much not the point only you can make yourself look bad right i mean right. truly like is, i don't say that part but that's I'm, how the daily show happens right. everyone's like they're gonna make me look bad no no no. only you right can but that. i'm not asking trap questions i'm not asking trick questions i try to ask super open-ended things or the thing i like to do is ask guys to define things like mm-hmm. what what do you think feminism means or what do you think toxic masculinity means and i don't think that there's a correct answer i think there's a lot of different answers to that. I think some are more right than others, but mostly I think it's interesting and useful to force men to think about these things that they can opt out of thinking about in their day-to-day lives. Well, you have like a mix of dudes on the show. So you have guys who like I rec- like uh, comics I know who are very socially conscious of these mm-hmm. things. You have guys who are good dudes and maybe not as conscious. They right. kind of just walk through the world be like, I, there's a thing going on, but yeah. I don't know. Th- uh, fart joke. Uh, and then there's... <laughs> Then there's the guys where you're like, we need to have a discussion. Right. There's I I definitely feel like I'm constantly seeking out guys that are not politically correct, even though I hate that term, but mm-hmm. guys who would be concerned about the PC police. Like I really want to talk to them more than anybody else because I think it's interesting. And, you know, I, I think conversations in which people don't agree with each other are usually more interesting than people agreeing all over each other. Right. Um, especially with like woke comedy dudes trying to prove that they know what a period is or whatever (laughs) it might be and like i love that guys want to be on the right side of these things and are engaging with it like not trying to say that that's not awesome but it does sort of like stifle an interesting conversation when a guy's afraid of seeming wrong in front of me whereas opposed to a guy that comes in is like what's this broad gonna say (laughs) yeah like great they're actually going to be more open and honest with you sometimes than others absolutely so i have had fewer of those people coming in with that attitude but i've always really enjoyed those and the guys themselves have been like the most grateful to do it yeah and those were uh like guys like like justin and doug and them doug who like made my intern cry oh yeah because i brought her to my open mic Uh uh-huh and he was just like doing crowd just he did based on his set or like did he, he talk to her yeah like he point she was the only woman in the room at the time mm-hmm. the other female comics had left and she i so she does some comedy at college and this was like early on in our working together mm-hmm. i i overestimated how exposed to stand up maybe uh. like or how exposed to or you, mic under, level. or you underestimated how fucking uncomfortable that is for everyone. Maybe. Even, even seasoned comics. Uh, well, I didn't know Doug was going to be there. Uh, <laughs> sure. But it doesn't take Doug to feel really shitty. even if Because sometimes even if it's like a bunch of very sure. progressive dudes, it's just the sheer difference of like, I'm the only one. Sure. Well, there were some other chicks like in the room and then eventually, and you, you don't like the word chick. <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember this now. Um, but there were some others in the room and then they just had, haven't left. So by right. the time he goes on, looking the very mm-hmm. 
in sim- like he looked like who we put on the wanted poster yeah you know and um he just singled he's like doing his things like yeah women are dumb and but he pointed at her and he was like women are fucking retarded mm. and he kind of singled her out right of course now on his end he's he th- single person there yeah the only slight minimal defense i can give to him is that uh he thinks she's like a comic in the right. room and sh- but she doesn't realize that he he doesn't she also doesn't know him i and all right. she doesn't and so it was very uncomfortable she had to leave yeah and we had to have like some serious talks about like comedy open mics chauvinism things like that mm-hmm. uh the difference between when doug does it who i think we both have a different context for him versus because he's also funny mm-hmm. versus like a guy who's just being shitty to be shitty because he is shitty right but i think that the guys that are shitty and funny also aren't always funny you know, there have been definitely times like at the Grizzly Pair in particular where it's like there's a certain, you know, attitude or tone that is more accepted than if you're at like a Brooklyn like bar show type situation. And I think a lot of times like I have definitely laughed in spite of myself at like mm. super like chauvinist type guys making jokes about women. And those are the kind of jokes I definitely want on my podcast because some of them are funny. But sometimes they also just say women are fucking retarded. And like, that's yeah. never okay. Yeah, like, that's... that's not funny or interesting. And if you're pretending that that's satire, I'm not convinced. Like, you better and have a You really... actually think that you, you clearly mm. do put women in a very separate category from men. Yeah. And that is less than. Yeah. 100% <laughs> to say something like that. I am a bigger fan of let the joke bomb. Mm-hmm. Like, I still think that is the ultimate punishment for anyone who's pretending to be a comedian sure because like you just have when you like have this opinion like this is not only my opinion but it's also hilarious and you say it and no one's on board yeah i think that that is definitely a valuable lesson but i think that some people aren't gonna learn from that sure because nothing they say gets laughs and then they just like turn on the crowd and yeah well there's like an unfunny dude who seems a little mentally unstable who i've had to he was two of the three times Mm -hmm. i've had to lit early where i'm just like not like i'm just not okay with what you're saying and get him off. And but it was about like where's that line? Like and yeah. who's the responsibility? I mean, you were mentioning like the aura of like the pair mm-hmm. and you know, that is a room run completely by straight dudes. Mm-hmm. And then like these Brooklyn rooms are run by like a diversity of people. Right. And it's interesting like the difference, you know, there. Yeah. And I I think a thing that I've talked about a lot of like my attitude as a comic and a woman is different from others. How of, do like, you do it? Uh, well, <laughs> honestly, this sounds messed up probably, but like a big part of why I wanted to do comedy was like to get in these fights with men because I've always had that sort of like aggressive combative element. I don't like love being in fights, but I know I have the capacity for it and mm-hmm. I like have things to say. Um, and don't mind like going toe to toe with a misogynist troll type person. And so when I'm in those rooms, I'm like gearing up for battle in some way. Um, I love watching you go up like <laughs> one or two comics right after. after is so much yeah. fun. <laughs> and sometimes hosts will do that on purpose. Like there was a time my first encounter, my first real encounter with Doug Bryan actually was earlier in that mic another comic who i'm not gonna bother to name because nobody knows him and he's a bad person uh was just like trying out his hot rape uh stuff like prison rape jokes yeah Yeah. and it he wasn't getting anything nobody was laughing thankfully 
And then he said something like, well, I got to try it out here first, you know? And then I, from the back of the room, lightly heckled, no, you don't. (laughs) Uh, And like that got a laugh. And of course, he got very mad that I heckled him, which I, for the record, think that heckling at open mics is totally fair game. uh, Uh, Yeah. Well, especially if you're doing very poorly and it's some bad shit. Or it's like sometimes people like say things that kind of invites commentary and like it's, you know, a workshop type space. Anyway. So he didn't like that. We had a back and forth um, from the stage, which was all fine. And then I, my one of my buddies was the host, and I, he like put me up next on purpose. Like yeah. I was supposed to go in that group, but he put me up immediately. And then I told one of my rape jokes, and I was like, "And that's how you do it. <laughs> that's how you and, do a rape you know, joke." Like yelled at you know not yelled at him, but like took him down. Mm. And then he waited for me forty minutes after the mic had ended. And waited till every uh, I was like chatting with some other comics. He waited until everybody left to sit down across from me, stare at me like a serial killer and tell me over and over again how much he didn't like me and how he just hated me so much that he must love me. And it was like super fucking weird. And it went on for like way too long. And he's like, can I get you a drink? And I'm like, no, what? (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to leave now. And I was I was like really shaken by it um, in this way that. You know, him calling me a cunt from the stage yeah. didn't bother me at all, but him like waiting until it's a separate situation yeah. to like make me feel small, that was super shitty. Well, because like one's like all in front and, you know, that's going to be over when his time's right. up and, and it's the other fair is. fair game. Like I'm giving you sure. shit, you can give me shit, that's fine. But to but like, now he's like yeah. try to single me out and make me feel like scared as a, a woman alone and not a comic uh-huh. was like super fucked up. But earlier that day I'd been chatting with Doug Bryan and having a really actually fascinating conversation with him about all this stuff. Cause he's like, Oh, you're, you know, one of those feminist broads and you're always wearing that bandana. And you know, he offered to break my I've nose. I've never seen you wear a bandana. Really? Uh, yeah. I do. I do the like Rosie, the riveter kind of thing a fair amount. Mm. Not that often, okay. but it is shocking how many times men comment on it to me as like a look I have. It like really bugs them for some reason. And so I, do it more often okay um but well, yeah he kindly offered to break my nose for me if i ever wanted a nose job um which was like all right cool i'm just this big dude's telling me he's gonna hit me in the sure. face and we're just gonna laugh about it but that was actually not an uncomfortable conversation but you now me. don't hate this person from what it seemed right what which one the unnamed one? Oh, doug Doug, no, Doug. I never yeah. had a problem with Doug. Right, right. So it's like, how? But how do you go for? We're talking. The person who waited for you afterwards was Doug, right? No. Oh, okay. The person okay, okay. I'm, I'm I didn't name is just like a no name open micer that yeah, sucks. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I'm not naming him for that sure, reason. Sure. Um, but you're naming Doug like, because like, but he's funny. <laughs> well, yeah, I had yeah. him on my podcast. Yeah, and it was podcast. a great episode. Great. So I mean, he's not someone that I like probably share a lot of opinions with but okay. he was open to have his conversation and he has made me laugh okay he, i see i laughed so hard when you as I said that about like i can't get you a drink because like, i was picturing doug doing i was like no. he would do that i think no, that was not <laughs> that was not no but, but uh-huh. he also wasn't gonna like wait to get me alone to like you know shoot yeah. the shit with me or like grill me about something yeah anyway i know the way i told that was confusing i apologize no, it's okay it's okay but I'm yeah, you know, just trying to describe the uh, navigating the the comedy world as a as a female comic. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's a lot of the times yeah. it's totally fine, and then other times it's really unpleasant. Sure. Well, what's like your favorite conversation been on on your show so far? That was a. Uh... Mm, I really love 
uh, having guys reflect on like what it means to be a man and masculinity mm-hmm. and having and how uh, consistently I hear guys complaining about like how crippling it is and then like making the connection to them that like misogyny hurts us all because like toxic masculinity is really coming from little boys not being able to cry and like anything that has any sort of female connotation being bad Mm. and how stupid that is and um hearing guys like reflect on that or recognize that or give specific examples of that i always think is interesting so yeah my podcast about women often turns into like a meditation on masculinity which i don't love but i don't hate either because sure. i just think gender is fascinating yeah i uh i think you referenced recently because again I, i'm a listener uh, <laughs> uh I, I remember you like mentioned how like now people like when you go on dates like they'll have like checked out the show yeah that started to be a strange phenomenon so, which i imagine you are very familiar well, with well welcome <laughs> welcome to the oh they're just gonna know all the things right <laughs> yeah it's it's really only started happening this summer and now that I have, I have like 54 episodes by now. So mm. n- there's like a lot of hours of my voice. Yeah. And my episodes are short. So it's like a easy commute type thing. So I've had a few people this summer um, that like, you know, we'll go out, we'll hang out. And then I'll mention the podcast or they're like, oh, yeah, I listened to one. And then we'll hang out like a week or two later. And they're like, I've listened to half of them. <laughs> it's like, OK, so, you know, all of a my lot. stories. <laughs> yeah. And then it's always sort of an interesting like do you know that like i'll go to tell an anecdote oh. on an actual date and be like do you know this about me already or yeah <laughs> like i forget which episode i put that in an episode <laughs> i yeah. don't know which i don't mind it i think it's cool i'm obviously flattered when people sure. genuinely like it um and i'm not embarrassed about anything that i've said but it is a very strange way where like somebody comes into a situation knowing so much more about me than i know about them see i like it and i, and I don't and I'm, I'm curious if it's your whether or not you like it for the same reason, because it's slightly different context, but like, I like it because then I can actually talk less. And just, like on the day, if uh, I can just throw in some funny lines here and there if I need to, but otherwise, like I can just ask and learn about them. Mm-hmm. And just like hear their stories. Great. A complaint that I hear friends of mine say about men is that the men are always talking too much. So I want to say like, oh, don't you like that? You don't have to throw all the things out, but then maybe like you already... You know, we're having to listen to them talk too much. Yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know that that dynamic yet has like influenced men mm. talking too much or not enough sort of thing. I don't feel like it is. I, I'm not looking for less pressure to talk on dates, I guess. Um, for me, a good date is probably like, oh, I spoke 60 percent of the time, mm. something like that, because I'm a talker for sure. But I am amazed how much i'm often overtalked. not like people interrupting me or something sure. but just like how frequently when i am in like dating situations that guys just really like you know like to explain things which i also like to explain things so <laughs> i try not to like have the knee-jerk reaction that like you're a man and that's yeah. why you're doing this but uh it does happen for sure See, I like to talk less on a date in part because uh, the more I talk, the more opportunities there are for me to fuck up. Mm. So it's like if I talk less, I can is say that, less. Is that like a really a thing that is top of mind for you? Um, or like in what ways are you worried about fucking up conversationally? Like I making jokes that just aren't good mm. um, or oversharing because I, I overshare 
uh, I, I think I, you know, I'm like autistically honest. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like I will, if I will say something that could have been done in a one sentence, then would have been more than enough information, and I'll do like five times that. And there was like some information that aren't maybe first date things, right. but also then my name. You search my name, the word man horse shows up. I'm like, is there anything inappropriate? Uh, if you know, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't think that. I think there's any list of approved or unapproved topics for first dates. Whether or not one was in a porno, some would say is not first date. It's more like a fifth date thing. Why? I don't know. I think that like if somebody is going to be dating you where you have this like very well documented public sex stuff, like that's all out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I don't want to, you know, <laughs> use a more specific word and miss anything. Um that that's not for, for maybe somebody else like would wait a little bit longer to share certain things like that but i don't know not that i totally subscribe to like put it all out on the, uh, immediately because mm-hmm. if if you can't handle me all then you know you don't deserve me yeah. sort of thing but it's also like you want to waste a month or you know depending on what your like rate of dates is before you realize somebody's gonna like super freaked out by that to me that's silly sure like sure. i'd rather s- a lot of my like bombshell facts about me, I like to drop early so that I don't then have to like awkwardly tell the story later when mm. you like know the players. Well, what what are some of your for bombshells instance, early things? For instance, the whole story about how like I used to fuck my brother-in-law. Like yeah. that, that story. <laughs> this is normally always, <laughs> usually this notebook is a blank page. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, there's a few notes. things I want to remember. <laughs> and one was sister's husband. Yeah, so I... <laughs> I mean, it's not a big deal anymore, but it's one of those things that... It will never not be a big deal to the rest of us. Right. (laughs) And it will always... It's a relevant story for someone. You know, if I were to, like, marry somebody, they I feel like they have a right to know that. Like, you have to fuck my sister first. That's a a thing in our family. Um, But, yeah, but it's like, you know, talking about exes or past sex stuff is always a little bit weird in any relationship i'm more of the mind of like you don't need to tell all that stuff but like if i was with someone for a long period of time and like that i I was the only person in the room that didn't know that that would Mm -hmm. feel shitty so i don't want to wait until after they would have met my brother-in-law and my sister to know what that happened like a very long time ago but yeah the story is i when i was in college was hanging out with my older sister and her friends and ended up like summer had a summer fling with one of her friends um and it was very much a summer fling it was like not feelings it was just sex um in a way that i was like 20 years old and like oh my look at me i'm a i'm a grown-up how old was he like 24 a little older but not like weird older also part of it was like i was very much hanging out with their crew sure like i wasn't he never came to meet my friends or anything like that it was very much like and it was a very it was like a month isolated sort of thing okay but he broke things off with me because he realized he had feelings for my sister and they got together like right away. Like it was like one week in between the last time I spent the night at his place and the first time they hooked up. Um, and it was like very messy and very uncool the way they handled it. Because looking back on it, they were like young idiots too. Like they were 20, you know, whatever. Yeah. To us at the time, they seemed old and adults. But looking back now, I'm like, they were just kids. They didn't know what they were doing. Um but yeah it was messy how like what like or just like was there a fight oh yeah well i never spoke to him about it after he sent me an email (laughs) and then after that it was like all me trying to talk to my sister so we um you know we find i 
she avoided me for a little bit and then I finally forced her to talk to me. She's like, we didn't mean for this to happen. And like, I'm sorry. And How long's a little bit? She dodged me for like a day. Oh, okay. And then we like had lunch and I was like, listen, I'm not okay with this. This is super gross. So like, you're my sister. I love you. Nothing. I don't want ever, anything to come between us. Like, I'm not okay with this. So like, mm-hmm. please don't do this. Um, but they did. <laughs> they did. Um, they moved in together after like two months. So it was all very fast. And my fam- my parents were like thrilled because my sister had been sort of unlucky in love. Mm-hmm. And um, he just they like settled down hard and like got a dog and were just ha- so happy together. And I was like not happy about it, obviously. Yeah. And it just felt super weird. But what and- was the part that like you weren't? Like, I you didn't said wait it was weird, any amount like, of time. Okay. I mean, it was like truly one week between the last time I had sex with him and the first time she. But had is sex there with an length? Is there a length of time that actually would have been okay? Yes. If I if like even a month, if they uh. just like allowed any min- amount of cooling off time, yeah. I would have because you know I would like you're in, they were in love. You know it happens. Yeah. I I wasn't mad because I had feelings for him. I was mad because there was absolutely no consideration given to the awkward situation that I was being put in and my feelings. Would it have been different for you if you didn't know? There was no way that I wouldn't have known. No, oh no, like if they had done it and been like, let's, we need to like not, Janet can't find out right now because you slept with her. No, because I was still week. hooking up with him. Like I was wait, 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 you, you were hooking up No, no, like overlapped? he broke, no, no, no. Okay. He like ended things with me so he could start Do things that. with her. Right. So that was, I mean, yes, that's sure. better than if they had been like behind my back. So your sister was the other one, but they must have been flirting or something. Yeah, I mean, they were good friends. So okay. I knew that they were good friends. And she was like a little, the whole summer, she was sort of like weird about it. And I kept checking in and being like, are you sure you're okay with this? Like, I know you're friends and that's weird. And I'm your little sister. Like, I can back off. And she assured me many times that she was fine with it, which also looking back, I just felt like yeah. I don't blame that it happened. I blamed the way it was handled sure and so if they just like taken a month to make sure that they still felt the same way Mm. and like then started dating i would have been like okay at least they like but like he came on vacation with my family like there was it was a whole thing like uh, we had like a beach weekend with my parents and the two of them like you can't hear it was them like right after you it. need to not hear them fuck because yeah, I mean, I didn't, it's so fresh <laughs> enough that like you could imagine that was half other, of it. Right, and as soon as you're there, thing. now you're also picturing it's part of it. I was just like, really? Like you don't <laughs> have you don't you don't feel weird about this? Like he was just fucking your little sister. Like, come on. Anyway, uh, what'd she say to that? <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that. Okay. Like we we had many kind of conversations and altercations about mm-hmm. it. Um and then we just sort of didn't talk about it for a while. And then, you know, time passed. And now it's like such ancient history. It's just and a fun thing on Thanksgiving. Uh, no, I mean, again, no, it's we like a fun, never, like drunk uncle story. On sort of. But we d- it's not a thing that we discuss. Okay. Certainly. Like I my sister and I to each other have maybe acknowledged it or made some jokes. And most of my family has heard me tell my joke about it. Right. Um, <laughs> but they it's not like something we acknowledge. Okay. Because why? Because there's nothing. It's like there's nothing. But there's always that like one uncle who thinks like he's the most hilarious person, and just he will like. I don't have a drunk uncle. Well, then good for you. I mean, I've got some. I've got. There's plenty of drunk people in my family at various (laughs) gatherings, but I don't have that character. I thought you were gonna say like a different type of uncle. I was like, oh boy. Okay. Now, um. I I don't. I mean, that could go in so many different directions. Oh sure. Only two weeks ago, I had a I had someone on who like a hard left turn there was 
that kind of uncle. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, like a sex uncle? Like an uncle, or like it was a it was someone they call uncle, but like close person in the family uh-huh. who you know was very inappropriate. Oh, uh, uh, oh no, no, yeah. I no, yeah. none of that. So. <laughs> I look sometimes just I get like these random like hard lefts that get thrown right. at me when you start talking about sex. Um, in the in the same way that it's made me like think twice about asking certain questions, mm-hmm. like asking someone how they lost their virginity. Um, I don't think as many people realize. Oh, well, how, oh, so I mean, how the, not I would good say, of a question? I would that say is. I don't think many men realize. A lot Fair. of women would be like date rape. Yeah, it's like mm. um, yeah. I know I know a lot of women that that was their experience. Yeah, and it's bad. It's but, very bad. But it's like such a... My co- story is very cute and funny, but uh, I know that that's true for a lot of people. Well, cute, funny story in a moment, but like so many... Like, it's such a common question. It's a right. thing that we think is just a baseline fine thing. That's like, when did yeah. you lose your virginity? Oh, is there a fun story? And then we right. don't realize like, I mean, you forget that. Soon, I mean, not that like you can't get raped when you're like 22, but like if someone says like they were in high school when they lost their virginity, I immediately don't want to know the story. Because I feel like there's a higher likelihood this oh. is not oh, going to be good. Oh, interesting. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't place an age on that likelihood because mm. a lot of the women that I knew that weren't that lost their virginity to date rape, they were older. Like out of college, like older? in college. Yeah, I mean, like I, yeah, I should. I should have been like, uh, when you're out of college, I'm a little not less concerned, but like I'm not anticipating this tragic. Right. Someone says 14. Cause many people would say they're 14, but then, and they are prepared to share how, Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's like, I just don't ask that question anymore. That's fine. Yeah. I think it's totally reasonable to avoid that question. Yeah. But now allow me to lean into the question. <laughs> What's your cute and funny story? Oh, I was like with a boyfriend that I love very much and we, it was our six month anniversary. Mm. So, we went out That's to the f- sex anniversary. We went out to a fancy dinner at the Olive Garden and then <laughs> went driving it? around afterwards and like parked. I'm from a pretty rural area. So we parked next to like the sand pits um, and got in the back of my Saturn, which is not a very large car. And um, afterwards, the cops came by because we were like technically trespassing where we had mm. parked. And. Um, so my boyfriend got out of the car and was like talking to the officer while I was like pulling my clothes back on yeah. very obviously. And as they were pulling away or the, the cop like said some weird thing to my boyfriend that was like an inside joke that I didn't get. Was like a men's inside joke? No. Well, at first, I, at first he said, <laughs> he said, um, so I, I hear you think it, I smell like bacon. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And then my boyfriend started laughing and he re- he like understood what was happening before I did because my town had this like police explorer program where be- high school kids would ride around with cops mm-hmm. on their patrol and be like professional snitches. And so like my boyfriend was buddies with one of these guys where they were in class together. Mm-hmm. And so he realized that the kid was in the car and like had heard our names be read because the cop took our license and like read our names through the scanner so his friend was like just messing with us and then as they pulled out he was like yelled my boyfriend's name and then you know the next day at school like everybody knew about it and it was a whole thing so like there were no negative repercussions i was like very concerned i was gonna get brought home by the police oh yeah and i was like it was scary but but like would your parents have i don't know how much would they have well my mom used to the only thing my mother ever used to say to me was just don't get brought home by the police because my sister had when she was in high school, one, like after a party or something. And so that was, I got away with a lot more than my sister. Um, 
but that was like the one thing that yeah. I was like, if the police are involved, you're in a huge amount of trouble. Well, what was your parents like attitude towards like sex? Was there a talk? Like what was your... Uh, so many talks. I asked my mom how babies were made when I was seven years old mm-hmm. after watching an episode of Murphy Brown that I didn't understand. <laughs> and she was like very... Wait, why are you watching Murphy Brown at I seven? used to watch reruns of Murphy Brown. I don't know. With my, with my sister you and my parents. You ever hear Barney? I don't know. Well, I also watched <laughs> children's shows, but it was like at night, my, you know, my parents or my sister were watching TV and I was just like in the room with them. And I used to think babies were made by a special kind of making out like a flick of the tongue or something. And uh, there was, there's something they were like talking about how she was pregnant and it had happened in the office. They were, and everybody's like super grossed out. And mm. I was like, why? They were just kissing. What's the big deal? So I asked my mom and she said, man, a man puts his private parts into a lady's private parts. And I was like, okay. And pretended like I have a bit about this. So I'm now I'm just slipping into my bit. Okay. Slip embarrassing. Um, Fall back into it. <laughs> it's horrible. Mar- Margo did like her tight five on like, <laughs> Her facial feminization surgery after I had seen her do it the day before at a mic. But like, I was like, no, it's okay. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let you right. no, throw I can't, the bits in. I can't, I can't allow myself to do that. Um, anyway, so then it just established this open door policy with me and my mom where we have an above ground pool in my backyard. And so like the look mm-hmm. on your face, I didn't know that that was a white trash thing until I was in my 20s. It's a very nice above ground pool, I assure you. Um, we would like swim around when I was like 10 or 11 or like about in puberty and whatnot. And I would just ask her everything I could think of. And she would answer me as honestly as she could. And so at 10, what type of questions are even popping out? Oh, I was a, such a perv. Well, it was a lot of, <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of like periods and body stuff, I'm sure. But the question she loves to remind me that I asked is that, um, like, mom, in movies and TV, when you see people having sex, why are they always so out of breath? <laughs> <laughs> and her answer was, well, it's a lot of work. Lot. <laughs> Which is like a totally age appropriate answer. It is. Uh, and it would make sense because like, if, if the, even if there was a follow up, you'd be like, well, we aren't making a new human. Yeah, it would, I mean, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. No, I think that she was very honest about yeah. You're not always making a new human. Well, yeah, I don't know when you're talking to a 10 year old. <laughs> right. But I think but. that she was she my mother um, was raised in a very conservative Boston Irish Catholic household mm-hmm. and was like, didn't want her girls to be sexually repressed and like worked really hard to make the, my home like more open mm-hmm. and, you know, always, you know, not be shaming. And she, I think, is now upset at how successful she was because. <laughs> I'm now I like tell her more than she wants to hear and uh. you know have a podcast in which I talk about all these things and yeah and but so. you're, I feel like your podcast isn't super explicit yeah but your, about your standards for explicitness are very different than my <laughs> my mother's okay fair enough I guess but that's cool that like there was a what about your dad's like stands towards all that he's just couldn't care less i mean in a way where he's he's definitely not the kind of dad that's like macho protecting of his daughter's honor or something he was always like you know you're gonna make her decisions and i trust you so he uh i never spoke to him as much uh, about that kind of stuff but Mm. not in a way that i felt like i couldn't talk to him just like he wasn't the person for that do you still seek your mom's counsel on dating sex or anything uh, like that no i wouldn't say or when, I anymore. when when did the sex questions stop do you think um, probably by the time i started having sex because uh. i you know outpaced 
<laughs> well just i mean at this point i've had a hell of a lot more in different mm. type of sexual experiences than my mom has so. i don't know i feel like if i was a, if i was in a long relationship uh i would i mean well may, I don't, maybe i wouldn't ask my parents they're divorced but uh if they if they had stayed together i would feel I've, I've met people who like they will go with their relationship questions to their parents who are in a long successful marriage and they'll you know ask like how'd you make this work or okay. oh, i am you know am i ready to have kids or am i ready to get married to this person yeah, but things I don't like that. Think that people are asking like how do you keep this sexual spark alive from their parents i i mean I, there are certainly yeah. families where that's the case but that's not i'm no longer seeking sure. sexual advice from my parents i want to ask those questions of my parents or like things that well, uh, you should. Well, i want to ask the things about like you know what led to a divorce or why'd you cheat and things like that mm. you know do you have that kind of relationship where you could have those conversations? I mean, I'm just getting to the point where I'm like, we're having a rela- we're having okay, relationships. So yeah, so yeah. maybe wait a little yeah, bit. No, I, I wait a bit. Uh, I do, I do. You know, tell my dad I don't like his wife, but uh, you know, mm. the Man or Podcast is excitingly sponsored by Tushy, the modern bidet attachment. Uh, we we've got a Tushy installed in my uh, apartment here in Bushwick, and oh my. Is it a, is it a fan favor of the household? Uh, I'm a big fan already, not just because they paid me to say that, but it's actually a pleasant experience that's perfect for the, you know, the post poop, the post sex, the pre sex, the pre butt play, the post butt play. Really, it's perfect for like every situation that goes on back there. I got my roommate Matt here and, uh, Matt, what, what do you think about our, our new tushy bidet attachment? here for the tushy <laughs> it's an erotic experience i didn't know i needed <laughs> yeah i uh you know it's not the intended purpose i think a erotic is stimulation but oh my is it a wonderful side effect <laughs> and it keeps you clean yeah you know you, you know how you like take a shower before you go and have the sexy time sometimes you don't have time for all the the showering part of it but you still want to feel fresh down there hey go in Get yourself emptied out. Even if you don't have to poop, I would go to use the tushy just to give my sense, myself a sense of freshness. So I am I'm here for it. And you can get 10% off your very own tushy attachment, which starts at only $69. Really? Yeah, Matt just said, really? I was like, yeah, really? It's only 60. The, the base one is $69, but you get 10% off your order when you go to hellotushy.com and use promo code MANHOR. Again, that's hellotushy, H-E-L-L-O-T-U-S-H-Y.com, promo code MANHOR. Stop wiping and start washing with Tushy. Yeah, I feel very, very lucky. My parents just celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary. That's just wild. It's pretty wild. I, I was just at a, so I was just at this like couples only resort for the weekend mm-hmm. down in Cancun. And like I met some of these couples where like they're in their late, late four, they're in their, some of the, you know, some women people in their 50s who've been together 35 years. Mm-hmm. And, I, and they're just like at this like pool naked, with, like surrounded by 100 people. But they're like, yeah, no, we've been in love 35 years. And like, how the fuck do you do that? And it's just uh, it's so routine is a powerful thing. <laughs> that is, that is. Well, what's your what's your current dating situation now? Uh, just out here trying to find a spouse so hard. You're trying to find a spouse. <laughs> trying to find a spouse so badly. I just want to get married and have babies. Um, Seriously? But, oh yeah, very okay. much so. Now I, I say that and people think I'm joking, but I'm not. I want I, if I I'm all my friends that aren't comedy friends are married with children, and I am so jealous of them mm-hmm. or starting to have children. Are you are you more jealous of the children part than the? 
Uh, no, Spouse I think part. equally both. If I had to choose uh, between having a lifelong partner and having children, I think I would choose kids. Um, but I want both. Yeah. And have not been <laughs> successful thus far. Um, and, you know, dating in New York is horrible. A, it's a hard show, but... But I'm, I'm out here on on Tinder, which I, is so stupid. Yeah, that's where you're going to find the spouse. Which, like, well, you else, might. You else? might, but, like, okay, also... Okay, Cupid uh, is dead. I'm not going to... I toyed around with... My, I signed up for Match because my mother offered to pay for it. Yeah. And it, that was a disheartening experience. And I don't know. I just don't in think... In person. I don't know. I, I like I, Where I, in person? Okay, so, like, I... I'll meet people on Bumble here and there, but I honestly now don't... I go through waves of mm-hmm. whatever. But, I mean, some of the last, like, one of the last dates I went on um, that was really good, like, some woman just, like, flagged me down. She liked my shirt. She thought my shirt was funny. Just, I was actually leaving Lucky Jackson, and she was like, hey, your f- shirt's so funny. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then we started talking, and I left with the number. Or, like, uh, when I was flying to Cancun, someone on line behind me on the plane commented on the pins on my backpack, mm-hmm. and then we had a conversation while waiting to get onto the plane and then exchange like Instagrams. And we chat a bit and like, we're going to grab coffee mm-hmm. after the, the holiday. And so it's, I don't know, like I, people don't hit on me in public. Have you tried hitting on people? I don't in want public? to. I mean, uh, I, for as progressive as you are, no, you still, it's not about, it's not about being progressive. Uh-huh. I've certainly made or, the first move tons of times. So then is it about laziness? S- somewhat, or just like I've, I've, put in i've put myself out there Mm. in every possible way and if you know it's not like i'm never gonna make a first move again Mm. but i've not had great results when i've done that and it's just like i i'm kind of in a almost like a defensive like self-preservation sort of phase where it's like i'll I'll go through cycles where i'm like so you approach dudes and get rejected yes that has happened i mean why like, you're giving me this look well, like, no i'm just surprised me too i don't yeah. understand uh, why sorry i'm yelling into it's okay i i uh am as baffled sometimes people will be like i don't get why you can't find anybody i'm like yeah. neither do i I, I, like, I think i'm a fucking catch yeah go check out or there'll be a promo image on my social media you'll if see what she looks wants like to marry it's, me let me know you know don't be careful i mean i'll vet the applications <laughs> but um well, like, what when you approach like dudes, like what I mean, what's some? I mean, I don't, I don't. Are know. the shutdowns I mean, I just because they're they have somebody else or whatever? Or no, is well, it... I mean, there have been times where I've, I mean, I don't have like a laundry list of my rejections, sure. but I, I mean, there have been times where I think mostly my experiences are like I'll go on a date that's, you know, either I think is promising and then nothing comes of it, mm. or is you know mediocre on both sides and nothing comes of it. Um, but yeah, and then I've had a couple like New York dating situations where I was seeing somebody for like a month and thought it was like really going somewhere. And then they weren't ready for a relationship, even though like they were sending all the signals that were like, they were, had their foot on the accelerator and I was like, okay, cool. I'm, and then, you know, then a hard stop. Yeah. So, so like they'll do like, they'll act very boyfriendy. Yeah. Or just like, you know setting a pace of hanging out like twice a week and like you know calling me on the phone and talking for i had two summers in a row i had like a very similar situation where i met a guy online and we started dating and 
you know, it was like a good connection and felt, you know, all of that. And they would like call me on the phone and talk just to talk. And we would talk for like an hour on the phone, which is just like such a weird throwback. And I mean, I would liked it. Was the conversation good? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like genuine conversation. And then the, and then they like really pulled the brakes, like broke up with had a whole conversation like breaking up with me before we were actually even together, which is my least favorite thing. And has happened to me so many times. Not like I well, want to so be ghosted. You would but rather like, it be like a short, like you're making this to be a grandiose yeah. breakup where it's like, we've known each other six weeks. Right. Yeah. Like I had, I had a conversation with a guy who I really liked. Um, We like went to the movies and then afterwards we like got a drink and he's like, okay, so we need to talk. And he, <laughs> like, first of all, why do we go to the movies yeah. before you're like, but well, he, I really wanted to see Deadpool he, too. So he was like basically saying that he wasn't ready to be the kind of boyfriend that I was clearly looking for, which mm. is fair. You know, I, I respect that. But then also in the conversation, he was sort of fishing around to see if I would consider converting to Judaism. Um, Are you not Jewish? I'm not. It shocks oh, okay. everyone, particularly this guy. Um, and, I was, <laughs> I was like truly we're in this conversation I'm like i wouldn't mind having jewish kids like i'd love for my kids to be jewish yeah. cool but like also you just said you're not ready to be my boyfriend but you're but also unless... clearly indicating that me not being jewish is mm-hmm. a deal breaker which i asked you about you know two weeks ago yeah, sure, sure. anyway it was just like a very baffling thing where i'm like clearly you like think i'm almost wifey material but you're not ready to be a boyfriend like what's happening yeah that's so, so i've had a lot of that kind of nonsense I, I, I say this next part, not trying to solve your problem. Oh, I'm just asking please. to uh, cur- uh, curiosity. Do you um, let dudes know early on that you are specifically looking for something that is going yes. to become? Yeah. Well, I mean, also, I'm ready to have not just a boyfriend, but marriage. Yeah. Like, I, well, one, it shouldn't, I'm 31 years old. It should not be shocking that, like, I'm looking to date someone in a way that could become serious and then lead to uh, marriage because people still get married. They do. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I always, again, talking about like first date conversation, I try to, in a totally casual, like not, you know, just like mention something about like wanting kids or or that sort of thing. Like like talking about my married friends. Looking around the bar, be like, where's, is there a baby I can point to? to See, Oh, there's a baby. Yeah. I would love to have kids. There's a baby. It's relevant to the conversation. Um, (laughs) There's a baby on the TV. I think I'm, I think I'm pretty good at uh, neutrally slipping it in. Also, I think that there are plenty of dudes out there that want the same thing or mm. do that even more than I do like make that clear sure. um but yeah I mean I'm also happy to just like see where things go I'm not like interviewing a husband on a first date um but yeah I can't seem to get either I would be like happy to have a you know steady casual thing for a while mm. while I'm on the search for uh, a serious partner but I can't. I can't seem to make anything stick. It's disheartening. I do. You feel like it, <laughs> no, it's, it's just baffling to me. But that's you know that's a whole different thing. Um, I'm curious. It's like you you mentioned you were like people still get married. Like do you feel like left behind in the way? Like especially in New York, mm-hmm. where there's like all these poly people and non-monogamous people and people who don't want to get married because they're you know in a state of arrested development and all right. that stuff. Do you, do you kind of feel like. We're all we're all the like semi old fashioned people. Just a yeah. Little, like, well, I also we're all the people from the nineties. Right. Well, we're, I can't help but resent that it's considered old fashioned to like want to be in a monogamous relationship. Mm. Um, even though in the New York context it might seem that way. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's old fashioned. I just feel like there's it's there's a it's lot of trendy other... to be not monogamous or something like that. Yeah, I in New know. York at least. Yeah, and well, I think it's you know we're in a time where there's like more opportunity and like acceptance for non traditional relationships than mm. there's probably ever been, and so I'm all about that. Like, I don't think people should be monogamous if they don't want to be by any stretch of the imagination. But like you very much want to be. Yes. yes. And so I've had sort of the strange experience of like dating lately where it's like, I basically have to like compromise what I want to do because there don't seem to be other people who like are on board with what I'm looking for. Or there's just, it's just such a small pool. That's unfortunate. What kind of like compromises? Like dating people that are polyamorous and like, uh. see, or you know, like just sort of, Again, I think it's interesting to think about, like, when you talk about traditional context or whatever, like, when my mom was young, you know, you went out with a different guy every day of the week. Like, you dated a bunch of different people, and then you get married. But the difference, the difference is you don't have sex with those people, I guess, is the main. Well, there's, like, also the trend of the... the, like, whether it be the, like, monogamy, non-monogamy, or the... Like vanilla shaming. Yeah, I feel like, uh, or you're not kinky. <laughs> right. I feel I've definitely felt defensive about that at sometimes because, like, I don't think of myself as, as like super vanilla person, but obviously compared to any number of people, I am, and so I like I'm not offended by that designation necessarily. Um, but I, I just think that people get weirdly it like it becomes so hypocritical where. The people, you know, kinky people are people who are like kind of more on the fringes of, you know, relationship types or whatever yeah. have been are so ready to like be just as shitty to people in traditional relationships as right. people have been to them. Like those normies. And like, right. and I like, I go to parties and where I like people, like, I will hear those conversations. And I'm just like, they were doing that to us. We didn't like it very much. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just, I mean, Human beings just want to create teams for some reason. It's such a bummer. Yeah. And then we're in an industry where like we got uh, our team, but we're also like a bunch of solo people uh, within the team. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely my when I look at my life compared to my non-comedy friends and my comedy friends, it's definitely just a very different lifestyles. And uh, I feel very much like I want to I want to find the happy medium. Like, I, I guess another thing that I resent about common attitudes about like monogamy or getting married is that like that means you settle down and you're boring and that's it and and i'm like no, no fuck that like i want to get married and have somebody who's like my partner to go do stuff with and like continue to live an interesting life yeah um i was just like at this this resort which like I, i'm not supposed to say is a swinger resort but like there are swingers there but it's not a swinger resort there were like monogamous people there but they just right. want to be in like a fun do something yeah. different sexy environment sure. um, my partner and i were fucking crushing on like kept crushing on these couples and it turns out they were monogamous and we're like ah oh. especially this one like young one because they're the only ones like also in their 20s mm-hmm. so we because <laughs> everyone there was like mid-30s to like late 50s so mm-hmm. for the most part and so there's one really cute couple who are like in their mid-20s and then we would anytime we saw them walk about we'd point be like oh it's our cute monogamous like we would we wouldn't talk to them but like secretly right like, oh it's the pretty monogamous people like <laughs> so how did you if you didn't meet them how did you know that they were monogamous well she had talked to them like casually oh, okay. in the hot tub like they were just gotcha. all hanging out and talking she scoped out the situation well yeah she thought they were cute and she was like just trying to see like what's your deal mm-hmm. um because we had to ask everybody like so what's your right. sitch everybody should just be wearing like name cards or something uh some places will do certain types of like, like a wristband or something so honestly that would be 
helpful. But yeah, no, but but yeah, it's like monogamous people can have plenty of fun. I'm, sure. You know. I've had fun while monogamous. It's super possible. <laughs> a, a wild thing. And, and how does comedy kind of play a role into your dating life? I feel like that's another thing yeah, to I mean, add. I think that I've been pretty much single the whole time I've been doing comedy. So I definitely think it's a factor in that uh, dudes don't want to date comedians uh dudes don't want to date women funnier than them right Mm -hmm. i mean honestly it's not to say that that's every guy's case for sure but there is a weird competitive competitive competitiveness and it's i think a lot of guys don't want to feel that way but they can't help themselves or like i've sort of seen it play out whether it's subconsciously or not where you know, dating guys who think I'm funny and are totally supportive and sure. all that, but like clearly, there's so much of our like, like straight dating rituals is, you know, a guy tells a joke, woman laughs at a joke. That's what flirting is. And, you know, my style is like, I'm gonna, uh, jokingly question your masculinity and you know (laughs) i think it's hilarious and you might in the bar when we're like playing shuffleboard but then when i keep doing it (laughs) i mean if you're carrying it into bed like then maybe oh no 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 i would never do that that's an interesting thing i like i mean like i like it i think it's funny but i know not everyone shares that sensibility i mean more like i'm a shit talker for sure but like once i'm with someone most of that goes away like i am not i'm i'm nice i'm nice you're a nice person i'm a nice person oh look at that i know it's what a shock but like the yeah i am definitely a very combat like my flirtation style is very combative but uh once i'm like in a relationship with someone Mm. that doesn't really play as much of a role i mean certainly they're still like you know teasing each other or whatnot but certainly that does not carry into bed i'm like not interested in humiliating someone sure i really don't want to do that it's just so weird when people say like i i think i even under i understood if i heard like um like a you made a weird episode from years ago and he had on like a really funny female comedian of course i'm not gonna remember who she Mm -hmm. was but i always remember what they said was essentially like the guys, they say a woman, they want day a woman with a sense of humor, but that so means she'll, that she'll laugh at their jokes. Yeah. But that never made sense because I'm like, I want someone who's going to make me laugh because like right. I'm already doing the making people yeah. laugh part. I think that that's part of why a lot of comics date each other. Like, although there's all sorts of, you know, attitudes about of whether like, they should or not. Yeah. But I think a lot of women comics like dating guy comics because they don't feel threatened. Mm. And it's like, we're just funny. We're both funny. And maybe we have different styles or we do our own thing. But it doesn't like threaten them in a way where a guy who has never identified as particularly funny before. That's the (laughs) thing that's always crazy to me. It's like guys who like don't think of themselves as like a, you know, jokey guy Mm. all of a sudden start feeling the need to make jokes because and you're then they funny make bad and like, jokes yeah. and it's like i am not going to give you a pity laugh that's just never a thing i'm going to do mm-hmm. so i don't mind if you make a God bad joke for that that's fine way. for you to make a bad joke or make a silly pun or whatever and i'll acknowledge that you were making a joke but i'm not gonna laugh at it because i don't need you to be funny yeah. i'm not like 
I want you to have a good sense of humor. Mm. But that kind I of want means. you to laugh at my jokes. I want you to laugh at my jokes. I'm happy to laugh at your jokes <laughs> if you make good jokes. But if you don't make good jokes, that's fine. That was it's some, not gonna kill my boner. Some, some my exes would sometimes bring that up. Like I had one ex who would, like try to make jokes, and then when they wouldn't land with me, would just always like shit on herself to be like, "I know I'm not funny," and then I. But then I feel yeah, like, "No, you're very funny." Right. Sometimes I swear on occasion. I, yeah, <laughs> it's an awkward thing. I I had that dynamic with a guy who it was just it was awkward. It became very hard and because like, I'm like I'm not looking for you to entertain me, and but you clearly feel this like burden that you're supposed to. But it's like you're it's like that might not I it's like you didn't get interested in him because he was funny, I'm assuming, right? Right. There, there's like, like different thing. Maybe yeah. he's really smart or like really really has abs or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he I can definitely cook. don't want a personality, I just want abs. I mean, don't we all? <laughs> um still trying. Um but but uh, but yeah, I think that's always the I think that's the thing people feel the need to try to be funny because they think that's the thing everybody wants. Like sometimes people fall fall for people who are very painfully unfunny right but their intellect is super sexy or you know they're very adventurous and they like hiking or whatever <laughs> bullshit people do sure I don't know. are there any like particular qualities you look for in dudes uh no i mean i think just like chemistry and conversation is and so like that can take many forms so i don't have like a particular type that i'm looking for um but just like someone that I can get along with. And it's like, I mean, honestly, it's now after years of struggling and dating, it's more about like, how is somebody going to respond to me? Because I can be interested in various different personality types or interests. But um, yeah, somebody who can hold their own in conversation and is like, just happy with who they are, I think is. Oh, well, that's going to be very difficult in this city. <laughs> Now you want self. Yeah, now you want self confidence. Yeah, I want self confidence. Fake confidence, easy to find. Self confidence. Yeah, is, no, I ooh. want because I think that that's what it comes down to. If, like, if a guy is confident, he's not going to care whether I'm funnier than he is mm. because he's confident that he's better at me, whatever the other thing is, than I am. And yeah. like, there's plenty of things I'm not good at, and yeah. I'm happy to own them. Um, yeah. And as part of you, fed up with the dudes at this point. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> It's just like if they're gonna be. It's like I'm, well, I, I'm, I'm running out here. Yeah. No. I mean, there is definitely like, uh, I try really hard not to feel totally jaded against Ben and like completely disgusted and resentful. But sometimes I do. <laughs> and yet, and yet you do this. Show, and yet you, but yet you do this podcast where you talk to those dudes. right. And so that's the thing. I actually don't ever get tired of talking about this stuff mm-hmm. and engaging with it. I find it endlessly interesting and my biggest goal and i sort of alluded to this earlier is like make guys think about something that they hadn't thought of before Mm. um because there's so much you know women in the way that like you know people of color are forced to engage with race constantly like women are forced to deal with gender disparities all the time and guys can check out of it Mm. and they can think about it sometimes um but they don't have to and so i like having those conversations that make guys think about things that might make them uncomfortable. And I'm not, I don't want to make them uncomfortable, but I want them to like experience some of that, that consideration for somebody else's perspective. For sure. Well, Janet, um, do you mind doing like a quick, like a lightning round bonus episode? Sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, Patreon people, you'll hear that tomorrow. <clears throat> All my uh, $5 and up fan whores, you'll hear that over there. But for now, uh, it th- th- was the fan whore thing. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> it wasn't my idea, I swear. I I believe you. Can you all tell how nervous I get when Chad's in, <laughs> in the room? I didn't even flinch when he said fan whore. He could just tell what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, for now, uh, Janet, where can people find you, find your show? Oh, well, I you should listen to Dude Talks to a Lady. It's on all the podcast places. Um, you should follow me on Instagram at Janet underscore Hyde and validate my physical appearance and uh or, or i mean validate or like uh remind you where you're at because no, isn't your I'm, whole thing I, no, isn't no. your whole thing that you're like you think you're hotter than you are no no <laughs> i'm hot i think i'm hot I mean, <laughs> agreed i'm saying your bit is that i used to have a bit about that i haven't done that always, bit in a while i appreciate it so hard <laughs> from someone on the other end of, um, side yeah, of that. i well i just used i i wasn't like a hot girl in middle school so mm. it took me a while to own feeling hot and thinking that other people agree with me um and a lot of people don't agree with me if you if you follow me on instagram and think i'm not hot feel free to tell me um and I run a monthly show first Thursdays at Tip Top Bar and Grill called Female Comedians with Tits. With, so the, with the very funny Mary With the Sella. very funny Mary Sella, my yeah. co-producer and co-host. She's the best. So yeah, come see us in bed stay. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, they two are my favorite women to watch yellow dudes. Uh, <laughs> my favorite. My favorites. Um, Jen, thanks so much for talking to me. And uh, why don't you say goodbye to everybody? Good goodbye everybody <laughs> so I, don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if i was supposed to say something clever or not but goodbye no, I, I don't, thanks I don't, for listening i don't have a uh i don't have a yeah what was it was keep it crispy oh i don't yeah. have anything no tagline dumb like that well i have a stay slutty line but that's my line that's later but great i'm not gonna say that no no never uh you're not at all. be comfortable if you're a prude it's fine <laughs> be comfortable great t-shirt <laughs> So what'd you think? Did you enjoy that one? I know I did. Uh, it's it's always a fun and stimulating conversation chatting with Janet Hyde about um, about why men are terrible. Uh, go follow her on the social medias, and always you should be following me. I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Billy Presida. Uh, say hello. Use the hashtag Manwhore Podcast. Let me know what you thought about this episode. You can also go like the Man Whore Podcast Facebook page. Again, search for Man Whore Podcast. If it says Billy Persida, that is not the page to go like. Uh, we are selling the merch, everybody. I am selling that sweet, sweet merch. We got, we've got the pegging t-shirts. We got the stay slutty panties. We've got now an array mint of buttons. Got three different buttons on there. Soon to add stickers. Look, you want to get in on this merch game? Go to gumroad.com slash podcast. Last but certainly not least, uh, if you want to hear more of Janet Hyde tomorrow, you want to hear that bonus episode with Mia, you want to just support the show for as little as $1, $1 a month, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. Get yourself a fan whore membership today. That's Patreon, P-A-T, R-E-O-N dot com slash man whore podcast. Uh, next week, we got an episode with the wonderful Lisa Davis. Going to talk a little bit more about the nutritional aspects of sex. You know, like what should I be eating the 24 hours leading up to butt stuff? We'll find out next week. But until then, stay slutty. Stay <laughs> slutty.